You're listening to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Today, I'm going to be tackling a question that comes up quite frequently, and it deals with pro se representation. Now, if you followed the channel, the um, YouTube, the podcast, or or any of um, you know our, our posts and social media, you'll know that I have spoken quite in depth about pro se representation. So pro se means that you are representing yourself. And I'm not going to get into all of the reasons why someone would choose to represent themselves in this podcast. If you are interested, uh, you can search the podcast or go to utlradio.com and you can find those answers. Today, I want to talk specifically about people who are representing themselves realizing at some point in their case that they need the help of an attorney. They contact an attorney and the attorney turns them down and they can't understand why would an attorney turn down a pro se. And you'd be surprised to learn that this happens quite frequently. And there are a number of reasons why an attorney would choose to turn away a pro se who's now coming to him or her for legal help. And I want to go through some of those general reasons why and, um, you know, give you some insight into what goes through an attorney's mind. Because believe me, there's a lot of stuff that goes through there. Some of it's crazy and some of it's legit and some of it is, you know, just all over the place. And I want to kind of nail it down so you get a better understanding of why somebody would say no to you. I mean, because I think a lot of people are thinking to themselves, well, why would an attorney turn down money? Um, you know, there are some decent attorneys out there, and I know that the industry has been sort of given a bad rap, and, and it's it's not unjustified because I, I would tell you that, I don't know, on any given week, I deal with maybe 60% um, crazy people, crazy attorneys that, you know, you wouldn't want to see them out in public much less have to deal with them or, or see them in court. It's, believe me, I understand where all of the lawyer jokes came from. Lawyers lawyers suck. I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. But getting back to today's topic, so why would an attorney not take a pro se's case? So let's give a scenario. Let's say that Jack has started a lawsuit and it's against... I don't know, a, a municipal entity. It's, he believes that his civil rights were violated. And he uh, files the complaint, and he gets engaged in the litigation process. There's discovery back and forth. And at some point in the case, he realizes, hey, this is over my head. I need to hire a lawyer. So he contacts you know, Sally. And he says to Sally, Sally, I'm halfway through this case, and now I need your help. I'm willing to pay you. What would you charge me? And Sally thinks about it and says, unfortunately, I can't represent you. And he says, well, why? Now, most of the time, you don't get that answer from the attorney. They don't tell you why. Um, Some of it has to do with perhaps the attorney just not thinking that it's worth his or her time to tell you, which I don't agree with, or they don't want to, you know, say something that uh, would somehow 
come back to haunt them. I, I don't know. Some people are, are a little nuts with that, you know, trying to, to cover their butts, and so they don't want to say anything. I think that people deserve an explanation. And, you know, if I ever turn someone down, whether it's pro se or not, I always give them the, the reason. Well, let's get back to Sally. So you've got Jack's case halfway through, and Sally's saying, I won't take it, and Jack wants to know why. So these are the reasons that Sally gives him. Um, and honestly, I'm going to give you a whole list of them. It could be one. It could be many. It could be, you know, part of one. But, but this is the list. So number one is there's just too much history in the case. Um, you know, the case has been 50% handled by someone representing themselves. And for an attorney to come in 50% halfway through the case, there's just too much history that's gone on. You know, maybe um, discovery is over, or maybe there's just too much paperwork to go through and look at, and the cost of having to go back into a case that they were not part of originally was is going to be so extremely high for the pro se litigant that it doesn't seem to make any sense, and they turn you down for that reason. So number one, Sally might tell tell Jack, there's just too much history in the case. Too much has gone on without attorney supervision, and therefore we can't take it. Now, maybe Sally talks to Jack a little bit and says, all right, well, tell me about your case. It's interesting, but I want to know more about the facts. And he tells her about the facts and his legal theories. And she says to him, well, Unfortunately, I can't help you. I'm going to turn your case down. Well, why? Well, maybe number one is because there are legal issues with the case. Maybe there are statute of limitations. Maybe there are defenses which would knock out Jack's claims completely. Maybe there are just wrong applications of law. You know, maybe he's alleging something that um, you just aren't able to allege. And maybe the other side hasn't done anything with it yet. They haven't filed a motion to dismiss for whatever reason. Cost savings, you don't know. Um, For example, let's say that you're suing a municipal entity in New Jersey and you failed to serve a notice of tort claim. Now, nine times out of ten, when you don't serve that notice, you're going to get a motion trying to dismiss your case. But let's say for whatever reason, the other side hasn't done that yet. And when Sally's looking at this case, she identifies a legal issue. And then she tells Jack, I can't help him. Now, on the flip of that, what if there's not legal issues, but factual issues? Now, Jack's gone through the case with Sally and Sally still doesn't buy it. Maybe it's because Jack's facts create a problem. Maybe there are factual issues. Um, You know, for example, breach of contract case. Now, while you can certainly file a breach of contract case on a verbal agreement, maybe in this case, Sally doesn't believe that the facts support the existence of a verbal contract. So she tells him no because of the factual issues. So right there, you've got three reasons. You got there's too much history in the case. Um, there are factual issues. 
with the case. There are legal issues with the case. Any any one of those would be grounds where an attorney would turn down a pro se litigant. All right. Now, here are some other reasons. Let's paint this picture. Your friend is going in for reconstructive knee surgery. And you're going to drive your friend. And you're going to go into the operating room. And you're going to put on your mask and your scrubs. And you're going to stand behind the doctor. And every step of the way, you say to the doctor, is that right? Um, Shouldn't you be doing this? Are you sure you've got the right thing? Imagine that, right? First of all, you'd get thrown out of the operating room. If you didn't, you'd make the doctor so nervous that he or she would likely make a mistake. And it's just annoying, right? You're paying a doctor who is uh, trained, has years of education to do something, and you're going to stand there and, you know, second guess, supervise, micromanage, what doctor is going to want that to happen? I can't think of any. Now, let's pretend that it's not a doctor, but a lawyer. Now, the lawyer talks to Jack, Sally talks to Jack, and she gets the sense from him that he is very, very controlling, very hands-on, which is why, let's say, he decided to take the case on his own anyway. He thought that he could do it better. He wanted to make sure it was done his way. And Sally starts to get the impression that if she were to represent him, that he would be standing behind her every step of the way, like the guy in the operating room, and it would impact her ability to properly represent him. You know, as an attorney, it's a very challenging job. There are very few black and white legal issues in law. You know, the criminal things that you see on the news or, you know, you either have your seatbelt on or you don't, and that's a violation of the law. Those are black and white. But the rest of this, litigation is not black and white. Lawsuits are not easy lawsuits. I've, I've heard people say it so many times. Oh, this is just a simple lawsuit. No such thing. Because in litigation, there's not necessarily a wrong or a right. It is what does a judge or jury believe? They could believe the wrong thing because the person telling them convinced them of it. So it's very difficult. And if you are working with a client who has been used to representing him or herself, and now they're going to stand over you and dictate, ask questions, second guess, Monday morning armchair it, it becomes extremely difficult to deal with that client and to represent them and to do your best as an attorney. So that could be another reason why an attorney would turn down a pro se se litigant. All right, moving along to the next reason. So Jack tells Sally that he's got this civil rights case and he wants her to help him. Sally is not a civil rights lawyer. She says, Jack, I can't help you. I don't practice civil rights law. That is a very common reason why someone would turn down a pro se litigant. I think that pro se litigants, and and I'm not grouping it 
together and, and you know, categorizing it. But I, I, my experience has been that pro se litigants, when they decide that they need an attorney, they will just do a search, a general search, and not really narrow down the type of attorney that they're searching for. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. And that's when you start getting local lawyers coming up on Google and you call them and they have no ability to help you simply because whatever your case is, it's not in their their practice area. They don't do divorce or civil rights or immigration or whatever it might be that you were representing yourself in. They just don't do it. So that's another reason where Sally might be forced to turn Jack down. Now, the final reason is a practical reason and um, sometimes justified, sometimes not. But sometimes attorneys will talk to a pro se litigant and they start thinking to themselves, why is it that this person took this case on their own in the, in the first place? Why didn't they go to a lawyer? Now, sometimes a lawyer will ask that direct question to a pro se, and the pro se might respond, I was trying to save money. And that becomes a red flag, and the attorney starts to think to themselves, well, he or she did not hire an attorney to start off with, and it's because they wanted to save money, and now I'm going to devote all this time and effort to this case, and what if they don't? have money to pay me or they refuse to pay, I'm going to be out all of this time, all of the um, work that I I do, all of the billable hours. So it's a practical reason. Nobody wants to talk about money. Nobody wants to hear about an attorney not taking something because of money because, you know, everybody thinks that, um, you know, attorneys are all about the money and, and some are, but there are, there are some good ones out there. So that could be another reason why Sally might turn Jack down. Um, and, and maybe let me add on one, one additional reason. It is possible that the pro se litigant screwed up the case somewhere along the lines. You know, uh, maybe they didn't take a deposition. Maybe they didn't serve interrogatories. Maybe they didn't serve any discovery. Maybe they didn't get witness statements or, or a whole host of reasons. It's quite possible that the attorney whom... Uh, you're asking to help you, looks at at the case, they look at the court docket, and they realize that you screwed something up. They're not going to step into a case that's already screwed up. It's one thing if the attorney screws it up while they're you know handling the case. That's on the attorney. But it's another thing to step into you know a giant pit of quicksand knowing that the ship is sinking, right? that you, the pro se litigant, screwed the case up and now there's no way of saving it, nobody's going to want to be associated with that. So that's another reason, I think, why a pro se might find it difficult to have an attorney represent them. Hopefully, that wasn't too confusing. That's been a long weekend and uh, it's Monday. So with Monday comes all of those Monday morning cobwebs and... um, you know, wishing that it was still the weekend. But, you know, my, my story about Jack and, and Sally hopefully illustrate what I'm trying to point out here. This might not be the most eloquent uh, podcast that I've ever done, but 
hopefully it's enough to convey the information to you. So just to summarize, the reasons why a pro se litigant who has handled a case on his or her own for a, a certain period of time may find it difficult to have an attorney start representing them are as follows. Too much history in the case. There are factual issues with the case or there are legal issues with the case. Another reason is that they, the attorney, are afraid that the pro se litigant is going to micromanage everything that the attorney is doing. Another reason is that whatever area of law you're bringing to that attorney, it's not in their wheelhouse. It's not part of their practice and they can't help you. Uh, it also could be that the attorney is afraid that the pro se will not pay them. And then finally, the pro se has somewhere along the lines screwed up the case and the attorney doesn't want to step into a bad case. Those are really the reasons why. Um, you know, every once in a while, you're going to get that attorney that's just a jerk and you call them up and, you know, they tell you something like, oh, your case sucks. I wouldn't help you. And it doesn't help you as a pro se understand why somebody wouldn't accept your case. I see these, these, this question come up all the time. You know, I called, I spoke to 10 lawyers and nobody wants to take my case, but nobody will tell me why. And that's why I'm doing this episode, because I want you to understand why somebody might say we can't take your case. It doesn't make the situation better, but it certainly helps you to understand more. It might not be because your case sucks. It might not be because there's no claim. It might simply be for one of these other reasons that I've talked about. You know, you could have done a tremendous job all the way through discovery. Maybe you're getting ready to try the case and, and your case is good. You've done good work. Everything's good. But the lawyer feels that there's too much history and that it might cost you too much. That's That was the first reason, you know, too much history in the case. So it's better that you know the real reason as, as, as opposed to somebody just telling you no. So hopefully I've conveyed some of that and, and you know, there's some value in what I'm trying to say here today. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank you for joining me. Apologize for not being the most well-spoken podcast that I've done, but... Um, I'm going to just blame it on Monday, so just go with me on that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, if a lot of people call up and, and say, oh, where can I get the podcast? You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe through the utlradio.com website. Um, we're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn, um, Podbean. We're all over the place. So please make sure you subscribe. That way you are notified when new episodes come out and um, you don't miss anything of value. So, all right, have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. If you'd like more information about the show or if you'd like to take advantage of our business and legal self-help resources, including our extensive video library, then visit us online at utlradio.com. You can also find us over on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Now, if you have any questions about any of the topics that you've heard discussed on today's show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for future shows, please feel free to reach out to me directly at pl at pjlesq.com, or you can call us at 
904-204-2211. Please also make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also, share the information that you receive through this podcast with your family, your friends, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station.